Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis, back from the dead. It's not they killed me, but I came back. I'm not dead. Uh, back from vacation with me. As always, we got Adam. How's it going, Adam? Well, hello there. How's it going? Doing good. Yeah. Sorry, that was my it. attempt at a Obi-Wan Kenobi catchphrase. Oh! <laughs> you know, funny enough, Qui-Gon Jim might force ghost and appear on this podcast later. Just oh, one can only hope. Yeah, yeah. Special appearance by Qui-Gon Jim. Uh, <laughs> which is funny, because everyone's like, let's see, it was so cool, but... He looked a hundred years old. He looked like he was ready to die. It was really sad, but yeah, I thought that beard was pretty. The beard was pretty nice, though. Yeah, he looked a little confused too. He was just like, "Huh? Where's Grab Services? <laughs> like, hold still, quite gone. <laughs> we gotta catch you for this scene." Uh, also with us, little this is Katie. How's it going, Katie? Hello. Um. Finally 20, so feeling very old now. Ooh, well, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. What did you do to celebrate turning 20? Um, I was just going to take a nap, but then my friends barged into my dorm. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A nap on your birthday sounds pretty pretty nice, actually. I don't usually do anything on my birthday, so no. I was just gonna continue doing nothing. Fair. But all right. Well, happy birthday. Thank and you. You're welcome. And right out of the cast, we have Spark. How's it going, Spark? He's doing over here. Not a lot this weekend. Just happy to be alive. That's a big thing, right? Being alive, that that's the big thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, Lee's not here. Uh, he tried to usurp the throne. Ended terribly for him. Uh, <laughs> condolences. Um, yeah. Uh, check out the other podcasts on the Three Inger Nerds Network, including Three Inger Gamers, Trumble, the Horror Movie Podcast, the Friday Night Dinner Podcast, Nerds and Love, Spoiler Cast, and First Friday. Um, with the news first off marvel studios officially returning to san diego comic-con this year which is actually happening next month 
Uh, there are some major announcements teased. Uh, Kevin Feige basically saying that uh, the last year they were at Comic-Con was like three years ago, and they basically laid out the next three years of movie, which is now happened. So he said, you know, you can basically expect us to show you what the next three, four years are going to look like for Marvel movies. So that's exciting. Get to see some Marvel movies, some TV shows. Sometimes. What do you what do you think, Adam? You excited for this? You want to see some Comic Con action? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really surprised they're returning to Comic Con because I I kind of thought Comic Con was like dead. Like after more and more studios are just kind of having their own events, like to announce things, and mm. with COVID, it just wasn't happening at all. And I was like, man, it's kind of sad. I think it's like not going to happen. But see it returning, it's yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean. So I've never been myself to the big San Diego one. You know, I've been to some of the kind of local Vancouver fan expos and things here, but mm-hmm. um, it's always it's kind of it's always fun. You know, when you see people like dress up and have all the different merchants and big announcements, and it's good. It's good for the fandom. Yeah, yeah. And then they show trailers, and everyone's like, "Film this so we could leak it out later," and then it just looks like shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Star Lord. I don't know. Can't really tell. Yeah, Spark. What do you think? You, you excited to see Marvel going to Comic Con next month? Yeah, I, uh, TV show wise, no, but movie wise, yeah, I'll, I'll take a TV pool of what they kept going at it. Yeah, kind of lost a little bit of interest in these Marvel shows. Like, I know, I don't know. They could probably be decent but the back of my mind i'm like i just imagine everyone they're gonna be like guys we're announcing this new disney plus show it's stilt man and we're like what what are you doing what are you high on marvel but yeah. <laughs> they're high on money we're <laughs> <laughs> giving you a howard the duck show and you're gonna like it like oh thanks but no thanks okay um Kevin Feige's plans for MCU's next big saga will become clearer in the coming months. I mean, I thought Kang was the next big thing, but okay. I guess not. Whatever. I don't know what's going on anymore. That's, that's probably a reference to Comic-Con, eh? Like, the coming months? Uh, Yeah, I was thinking, like, well, it could be a few different things, right? Like, it could be Comic-Con. It could be Thor, Love and Thunder, which comes out, like, in two weeks. And then, of course, you also have um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Could be that, too. Could be a lot right. of stuff, honestly. Yeah, because I, I guess, like, this this phase, I think, what is it, phase four we're in? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's been kind of more introducing new characters and kind of doing a bunch of different stuff. doesn't yeah. really seem like it's leading up to anything big the same way that, like, everything was kind of leading up to like Thanos and Infinity War um, but yeah I guess Kang's supposed to be the next kind of big bad which I guess will be a phase, phase 5 thing then well I've heard people be like well if you watch uh, Shang-Chi it's setting up Galactus and uh, oh if you watch this it's setting up Kang and uh, apparently to do they're probably setting up Doctor Doom and Black Panther Wakanda Forever it seems like they've just got a lot going on like 
I don't know. Pick a lane, Marvel. Pick a lane. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wonder if their big thing will just be like we have a few multiple big bads in the MCU and they might just take their time to pop up. But, yeah. That's what it at least seems like. Like, you know, if you've got Galactus looming overhead, you've got all these other big bads. I don't know. But, I I have a feeling Thor, Love and Thunders, uh, the movie or the post-grad scene could have something that probably sets something up. That's That's what I imagine it is. But, We'll see, I guess. I what wonder you... if we'd see any, uh, or any Loki, like from the Loki show, or yeah, Kang or anything there in Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to imagine, eventually, we're going to get some pretty big Kang action, because you got Ant-Man Quantumania coming out, so. So there's that, too. Um, uh, all right. Knives Out star Catherine Langford Rum... I was called her Rumford. Rumored for MC role after being cut from Avengers Endgame. So, we don't know who she's playing, but... Cool. She was in Knives Out. She was pretty good. Good for her. Get some work. But... Who would you want her to play? That's the question. I gotta remind myself who... I'm just looking her up to remind she Yeah. Honestly, don't even remember her. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, too, this comes from a website called Screen Geek, and I don't know what their track record is for exclusives or rumors or anything like this. This is a rumor, obviously. But... Some people were saying that she played... Because she played the older Morgan Stark in Avengers Endgame where she was going to, but it got deleted, the scene. So some were saying that would obviously be the easiest thing is just have her coming back and play Tony Stark's daughter. Um, mm. Plus, you would have to think Ironheart's coming up, and that's that big uh, female Iron Man show. Would it make sense that you would have her pop up in there, maybe? Maybe she's now a teenager or something? I don't know. I don't know how age works, but you know, you know what I mean. Alright. Uh, Cameron Monaghan. Rumored for live-action series focusing on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order's Cal Kestis. Uh, I played the game. I thought he was a boring-ass person. I didn't really care for him. Didn't really, don't really need a show with him. But I guess that's, I guess people like him. I don't know. I I agree. I uh, I thought he was very generic yeah. uh, character. Although this actor does look exactly like him. Like, well, that yeah, that's just it, right? Like they facial capped him or whatever they do, and so he looks exactly like it. So, mm -hmm. like you yeah. could do them in live action and it wouldn't be that unfathomable that it's the same person right also we could just keep him in the games maybe he could just do the games yeah well <laughs> it's like do we really need a i'm Wait, sorry to series? tell you adam but once you're popular in something they want to milk it until it's dead so it's like if i've i've already played this in the games i don't really need to watch 
show about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, totally fair. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see if this is true or not, but I have a feeling there's probably some truth to that because I feel like there's no way they don't cast an actor like him that you can't take and kind of put across multiple media. Like, it's not like they took an actor and modeled a totally different person out of it and they just had him voice them. Like, clearly there was a reason why Cal Kestis looks exactly like Cameron Monaghan. So, I don't yeah. know. I think there's probably some truth to it. Um, just whether or not that story is really worth telling. I mean, you could probably argue that for a lot of the Star Wars stuff they've been making, but we'll see. I can see it being like just some kind of one-off cameo. He just like shows up, and then like if you don't know anything about the games, like you're just not going to understand it. But like Star Wars fans that do know, they'll be like, "Oh, that's that guy." Well, we well, there's Fallen Order, obviously the game that covered his whole backstory. So I don't think you would really go before that because we already got that backstory. But like, apparently the new game takes place five years between. So. I guess that's a good time. You can focus on what he's been doing in that time, I guess. So, mm. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Go Cameron Monaghan. Get some work. Good job. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse directors teased the spot's unique role in the upcoming sequel. He's going to be the big villain of the movie. Looks, looks, looks good. Looks fine. But Release it. Yeah, that's just, I. It's funny because like I wonder if that movie took him by surprise because Into the Spider Verse, I I think the studio didn't expect it to do as well as it did, and it just cleaned up at the box office and critically was a huge hit. So now I I think they're yeah they're trying to scramble to pick up the pace, but it's like yeah, I, I it's been way too long for a sequel. We need it. And also, like, animation does tend to take longer than live action, too. And I think from what I heard, they had to... They, they kind of built it from the ground up completely yeah. again for the sequel instead of reusing a lot of the platforms for the first one. Well, like, um, I'm not going to name names, but, like, I know people who have worked on some animated movies like Lego movies and stuff like that. And, like, we they're still working on stuff that they were working on like four or five years ago. Like it's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty common. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. But just hope it's, hope it's worth it. I hope it gets here soon. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, Leah say do. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. If I did, please send me a cookie. Uh, joins the cast of Tennis Villeneuve's Dune Part 2 as La Lady Margaret Fenring. I don't know shit about Dune, so when you tell me all these names, I'm like, I don't know. I just think the name sounds funny, but cool, I guess. She's a good actress. Remember she was in uh, Death Stranding, Yo Kojima game. Oh, yeah, the greatest FedEx simulator ever. Yeah. Ultimate delivery man. Yep. She's a good actress. So, uh... oh, yeah, I'm excited for Dune 2. 
I know you weren't a big fan of it, but I, I thought it was a pretty good adaptation from the book. And I, I, I just want to see part two because then I think it'll be like more of a complete story or an arc, two movies together. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, kind of. Stick with two movies. They could like be like, we're surprised, we're making a third movie. I can see them doing that. Yeah, but this, I guess, this part two, it'll like close the first book story, and then I guess a third movie would probably be a second book or whatever. I I give like the first movie an eight. Like it wasn't too bad, but I thought it just dragged a little bit in spots. But I don't know. I think people who are, like, big into these books and stuff, they probably get more out of it than I would. Where I'm just like, what? Like, why do we have extended sequences of this shit? Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can uh, see that, yeah. Also, I think it's good that they're upping the star power of this movie because if we're thinking about it from the perspective of uh, this whole movie is... Like, there are characters and actors from the first movie that aren't going to be coming back. Won't spoil who or why, but watch the um, So, I guess they kind of have to replace that with some other people for the sake of the poster, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, some may come back and some may not. Yeah. yeah. We'll say more, but... Yeah. But yeah, throughout the Dune stories, there's, it's a lot, of, a lot of deaths, a lot of new characters that he meets. Mm-hmm. Kind of like always changing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Green Hornet and Kato movie finds director in the Invisible Man's Lee Winnell. What? what? Like everyone seems so determined to make a Green Hornet movie, and I'm like, why? Like, what about Green Hornet? Like, Russell's your Jimmy's or whatever. Like, just seems like I don't know, not the most exciting property, but sure. Not a sequel to the Seth Rogen movie, is it? I would assume not, but uh, I remember that Green Hornet movie sucked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> you know they were probably having a meeting, and then uh, Lee Winnell like draws Seth or writes Seth Rogen Green Hornet movie, and then draws a line, and then he's like connected question mark, and they're like, no, just no. no. <laughs> like the, the, the Green Hornet multiverse. Yeah. I have a feeling that the un, on a very unrelated note, I feel like the Barbie movie will be like the multiverse of Barbie movies, kind of like different versions of Barbies and Kens. That's my stupid, my very dumb. I've heard rumors apparently the Barbie movie is going to be like the Truman Show, but like in Barbie world. <clears throat> because people that. found Margot Robbie's Letterboxd account. And she added like the Truman Show and like all the Barbie movies to her watch list. Obviously, before she privated the account because people found out. But Funny. That's what I've heard. That would be I insane. Think, I like. I, I like that more than whatever the heck the like. What would the plot be before that? So like, I don't know. At least that gives it some point. Yeah, maybe like they're toys and they kind of realize they're toys or it's all kind of like a... I'm a toy. Or no, like they're... Yeah, I'm thinking how it would be like Truman Show. Maybe they're in like some kind of toy world and they wake up and break out of it or something. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. 
I'm probably more excited cool, for that movie than I am this Green Hornet movie. That's for sure. Well, yeah. next up in the uh, forever rotating, uh, what the fuck has Ezra Miller been up to? Uh, we got even more things. That little hooligan, he just keeps up going up to really illegal and dumb shit. And I'm surprised no one's canceled him yet. But alas, here we are. Uh, more disturbing allegations that uh, have popped up, including child endangerment. He's just a real terrible human being, isn't he? I think I think we could just we're just done with him, right? What, was nice. this the claims about grooming or something? Or no, there was something else too. Like apparently he's got like um, okay, I remember this now. So uh, this husband, I guess his wife left him and took their kids and moved in with uh Ezra Miller. Uh but apparently like there's guns all around the house. One of the kids had like a bullet that they just they put in their mouth and started chewing on, which seems terrible of an idea. Um and yeah, so the dad's like my kids are over at this house and like it's very clearly not safe and uh yeah. So it's uh yeah, just huh. yeah. Apparently, they were saying like all Ezra Miller does is smoke weed all day, and he's got guns around his house, and yeah, it's you know probably not the best environment for a kid, but yeah, this so. is not the lifestyle I imagined Ezra Miller living. No, <laughs> for how much yeah. money that guy makes, like why you why you got a little gun and weed house? Like that seems bizarre, but. Anyways, um, I have a feeling that they're going to simply just let, um, they're just going to let, uh, the flash come out. I wouldn't even be surprised at this point if they just put it on Disney or not Disney plus, um, HBO max. Nice. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they're going to avoid making a big deal out of it and just kind of like try to shuffle it under the rug, but mm. Yeah. Like, they'll I, be like, don't worry, guys. It's coming exclusively to HBO Max. But in the back of our minds, we're going to be like, that's eh, because you don't want to do a press junket for this with that fucking idiot. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think they're probably done with him after The Flash. Oh, 100%. Definitely. They have to be. Yeah. But I, I think for the sake of posterity, they have to. They want to at least not. 100% condone him, at least not in public, until that movie's out, so. Yeah. Which makes sense. They still want to make some money off the movie. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's where I'm like, it's kind of shitty on Warner Brothers too. Like, I kind of, if it, if it were me, if I were in their position, I would say, we're fucking done with him. We're going to put this on HBO Max so you people can watch it, but like, he isn't getting any money from it. We're not going to continue on with this. Like, it's just done. I... It would be better for Warner Brothers to just come out and say something like that right now, but I, I doubt they will. But Yeah. Well, and I, well, Warner Brothers is going through so much restructuring right now, too. It's Yeah. Uh, they might not even know, like, who who is kind of in, the one in charge to kind of make that kind of a decision. Or... Yeah, like, is it Dave in the county? No, it's Karen in yeah, charge. Like... God damn it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well... Ezra Miller, back in the news again. Uh, Eric Kripke, who uh, 
is the showrunner for the boys says he's in talks with jeffrey d morgan for the boys season four role and says he hopes to cast jared padalecki eventually so that's bringing yeah. in some bring us more people you know what they brought in um the guy that plays soldier boy and uh he was pretty good so i have full faith that whatever he wants to do with these actors i have faith it'll be pretty good so I'm a big fan of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so would love to see whatever he does. Yeah. Even it would be funny if, like, he was playing, like, because he played Bruce Wayne's dad in the, um... The, yes, and they were setting him up to be Flashpoint Batman, and he would have been the perfect Flashpoint Batman. I'll this, never forget Warner Brothers. We'll never get that now. Yeah, now instead we're getting Michael Keaton for some weird reason. All right. Um, yeah, it would be funny if he played something like that. Like, they just played off of that. That would be funny. Like, I don't yeah, need a huge extensive... Like, I don't even need a huge extensive role for him. Just something that's, like, a little more of a joke would be pretty good. Kind of like how you had uh, Charlize Theron in the season where it was like, uh, I see what you're doing. Hmm. <laughs> Um, cool. And then George Railroad Martin confirms that Jon Snow's been off. Uh, there were some details he spilled and reveals the working title is called Snow. Um, yeah, apparently he was approached by Kit Harrington with who had like uh, a bunch of screenwriters, and basically they proposed the idea to George, and he said, "Yep, sure, I like this. Go ahead with it." So, um, he He's says it done. all. All these projects, like, there's a bunch of spinoffs for Game of Thrones in the works, but he says they're all in the script phase right now, so nothing too concrete yet, but hey, at least we know there is a Jon Snow Snow coming, or show. Yeah. So imagine the pitch was just like, hey, you know how, like, we didn't give this character a proper, like, closing arc at all? It's like, yeah, okay, we, we, we should have another show to do that. Yeah. That would be that would be nice. Give this character a proper send off. Well, I don't know. I guess his 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 girlfriend or whatever was was killed. So maybe you gotta explore that. I guess. I think they should. I don't know. I don't know. I think they screwed up with season eight, and it's kind of like to build to can to continue building on top of that. Other shows, it's like eh, I don't know. I don't disagree. I I don't know. I'm kind of done with Game of Thrones. Like I know they got the new thing coming out. I'll watch it, whatever. But yeah, I mean that looks interesting because it's it's like a prequel set several generations before. I think so. Yeah, it at least has enough space to kind of be its own thing, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a Jon Snow story of him just like kind of protecting the wall or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I guess his girlfriend or whatever died, so he can't go back to her. Yeah. No. That that driver agrees that we should not do any more Game of Thrones spinoffs. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, well, I think that's it for news. Let's take a quick break and let's review some not-so-great stuff and some great stuff. It's a good mix of both. 
back in a sec. Hey, everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you'll want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. And uh, yeah, check out our movie commentaries. Our next one is Point Break. So that'll be exciting. All right, let's talk about some movies for a review. Uh, first off is Elvis, the King. He lives again, although maybe not quite like this. Um, Spark, you also saw Elvis, right? Yes. Okay, well, before I start giving my very strong opinions on this, what did you think of Elvis? Um, I thought it was mildly above average. Um, five, two, five, five. Okay. Uh, the musical performances enjoyed um well i guess it also depends on i think how much you know about elvis before um will really impact what you're watching um because i saw it with a few people that weren't really didn't know anything about elvis outside of his, his biggest hits that we all know so uh, i'll leave it there and then i'll swing back around no, my my one not my one several uh my two major gripes um uh one is that they did the movie kind of make it seem like elvis was like welcomed in the portrait by the mm. black community uh which is something um and they addressed the stealing but like almost they almost made it fun um, and, uh, and I also, um, actually, I'll, I'll let you. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know anything about this movie. I honestly didn't even see a trailer before I went and saw this. I just went in blind and, um, the movie starts and I see it's by Laz or Baz Luhrmann, who, if you know his filmography, he worked on The Great Gatsby. That was his most recent movie, but he's done like the Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet movie, and Moulin Rouge, and Australia, which is a uh, malaligned, but for good reason. Uh, and I was like, really, Moulin Rouge guy is doing this? Why? Like that was just my big question: is why? And then I'm watching this, and I'm like, I really think at the end of the day he was not a good choice for this movie because it's a very flashy movie it's a very like watching it on screen it looks nice but anytime you start to think about like character po like plot points or any like stuff to do with the story or characters it all starts to fall apart so um yeah i i i tried my best to really like this movie and i just could not it's just way too dumb for what it is and at the end of the day i felt like i didn't really like know that much about elvis by the end like i, I don't know maybe but not really like it just 
it didn't really feel like a biopic where you'll walk away with a ton of respect. It just seemed like a very flashy movie with a very flashy character in it. And I guess that's where they were going from. They're like, well, all this was bigger than life, so why don't we have a movie that's bigger than life? But I think it kind of backfired on him and just made this movie that was this big, flashy, pretty much incoherent piece of movie. Um, yeah. And there was, yeah, like you touched on some of the story beats too, but like the stealing of the music and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it, it's totally played off as a totally different thing than what it should be. And it's just, I don't know, this whole movie felt bizarre to watch yeah what uh so elvis is um like watch ray okay watch ray ray is uh um, it's about a character uh a person that not not the exact same timeline but also not not the like they're similarly timed and look at the tone of, of that, and then look at the tone of Elvis. And I think you'll see, uh, we, we've just come to expect like serious things to be handled seriously. And like, there is certainly space for uh, something that's a bit more fun and a bit more loose. I, I just think you do a disservice to the context and story of Elvis um, to people who are learning about him by doing it that way. That I 100% agree with you. And I think that's kind of where this movie fell apart for me. Like, I didn't come away with any level of respect for Elvis. I just thought, well, that was a movie with some flashy imagery. But, like, there was a line that uh, the the Tom Parker character, who uh, is played by Tom Hanks, says at the beginning of the movie. He says something like, it doesn't matter if you do ten stupid things so long as you do one smart one. And that's kind of what this movie <laughs> That's how you could summarize this movie. There's so much stupid things. There's like a little bit of some smart things in there, but it's all just a ton of dumb shit in there. So uh, that's a that's a great point. I, yeah, I love that. Um, and uh, just to wrap it, like again, um, like to further illustrate. So this movie spends a lot of time on Elvis's performances, which makes sense, right? Because, like, you cannot tell the story of Elvis without talking about, which, it's just, I don't, I don't want to go too long on this, but they did handle uh, America's, re older America's reaction to Elvis. They showcased that with the right tone and the right severity, and it just heightened how poorly they chose to handle other serious parts of uh, Elvis's life, but the the section where they try to change him and his family's reaction to that, and then him bucking against that, all of that's great. If the rest of the movie was handled with that still and sometimes light touch, uh, mm. I, I think you you have maybe a classic. Yes, I think so too. Like there is potential for this movie to be really good, but just it's too messy and garbled for much of this movie to be considered good so yeah it's uh you know i don't know i i feel like if you're a big fan of elvis you probably know enough that you might be able to be like okay i can enjoy this on the level that i know this is not really that that much of an educational experience for me but you can maybe enjoy it but that's probably about it and i feel like that's most people aren't going to know enough about elvis that like they'll be watching this movie hoping to learn something and then it doesn't 
really like teach you that much it's more like hey let's just have a very visual visual and interesting film in that regard so yeah uh what do you think of her score yeah i'll go like five two five 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 okay yeah i'm going with a three out of ten which is pretty low but i don't know i just it also didn't help that this movie was way too long too like it was two and a half hours long Plus, yeah, two thirty nine was the official end time. This movie easily could have been two hours, maybe an hour and forty five. It did not need to be as long as it was, but yes, I, I forgot to mention that because it is too long. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, something something else to bear in mind too. Okay. Um. All right. Well, let's talk about the black phone which is also a movie that you got to see uh what did you think of uh the black phone fantastic uh i i loved every decision they made in this movie until the last 10 minutes and uh, yeah uh, i just you know and, and i'm not making i'm not like nitpicking i, I think there's like a, a pretty drastically uh misread but besides but besides that top to bottom from tone from pacing from uh like the supernatural aspects and the way that they ha handled them from the editing like yes good work yeah also like very underrated about this movie is like it really captures what it's like to just feel like a kid on like a summer day where like the day's kind of like go on very long and like like i don't know it kind of felt like this movie did a good job of kind of encompassing what it's like to be like a kid during summer which i know is a little stupid to mention but still i don't know it kind of felt like it was just very very much like yeah this is how it is for kids during summer you're the days go on forever and you're kind of looking for stuff to do and then there's you know there's a, there's a lot going on you got family members being a abusive you got bullies you've got uh the main villain of this the grabber which i thought was such a dumb name and that's my main complaint about this is like the grabber is like literally like the worst name then like they could have easily put like 10 more seconds of effort and come up with a better name than the grabber so but whatever um yeah go ahead, sorry. uh yeah um what did you think of Ethan Hawke's performance in this? Um, it was fine. I, 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 like, he had to carry so much weight of the, of, uh, like, all, like, uh, because the kid, the, the, the most performing to do, uh, it was a, it was a lot of, um, talking. <laughs> like, it was, it was a lot of trying to, like, keep you up to what's happening where like i don't know it was fine i i i'm not going to say that he belongs up there uh as far as horror performances or not even really horror to be honest it's more of a thriller yeah um as far as thriller performances go um, they kind of try to do a teensy bit of buffalo bill which is that's too high of a mark to ask i think um but I, I've seen worse. Yeah. I did appreciate that there's like this big 
push in modern horror movies to be like, this is why the villain is the way they are. And they never really get into that with the grabber. They're just like, yeah, he is who he is. Like, you can come up with a backstory if you want, but the movie didn't really delve too much into why he is who he is, which I kind of appreciated. I'm like, yeah, he's just a psychopath. Sure. Why not? Those exist. Oh, that's funny to me because that was literally when I got out of the movie. One of my complaints is that they spent so much time on that that is abusive for what? Uh, like, it, it doesn't advance, like, to me, it doesn't advance anything, right? Like, you're saying these kids have a tough life. Okay, well, they're already getting beat up. By, like, we already get that they have a tough life, which yeah. also is inconsequential to the rest of the film. Like, he could have had a beautiful childhood and moved same um like if they were going to go the dad's neglectful and that's why the kid get take got taken then fine like show me this but he wasn't neglectful it was yeah. the 70s or right 70s uh and people just let their kids walk wherever they wanted alone mm -hmm. so i don't know i'd take three to four minutes out of our dad beats us up and show us maybe the grabbers dad beating him up and then it's like oh okay well now we're now we're learning something mm, interesting but it, it, it didn't ruin the movie for me i just like i felt like that could have been a better universe but here you go you feel the opposite it's like I, I... yeah that is one thing about this movie in general that i also could say is a big complaint like not just before the grabber but i felt like there was a few characters where it was like I wouldn't mind a little bit more information. Um, and they didn't really give it. It wasn't just characters too, but like the world around them. It felt like the story was a little too insular for its own good. Um, like, I, I don't know. It didn't really feel like it fit into the world. It felt like it was more just this little story that was happening in this little pocket of the, of the world. But I don't know for considering like what, the movie covers and what it is, uh, you know, what the story is. I kind of thought maybe there might've been a little bit more kind of outside world influence in that, but I don't know. For the same way about stranger things, uh, it is, it's just weird to me that these like cataclysmic things are yeah. happening, uh, and in this little temple and, mm. uh, it just, and then they move and like people don't know, about it like they're like what's it anyway that's it's a small thing where I'm like, I, that would be in the news my guy okay yeah, yeah exactly the government covered some stuff up but come on anyway i agree with you like i would have wanted to like some cnn girl to be like why are these what's happening with these kids what's going on with this grabber or something like i don't know just wanted a little bit to kind of be like this is obviously something that's happening in, in a world where it would be bigger news than it is. But yeah, you're right though, too. Like that's just something that a lot of movies and shows kind of just fail to address altogether. So, um, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I mostly like this movie. I think, yeah, my big issues with it is just that like, yeah, it, it does kind of, leave a little bit open in the story department that could have been explored more. But yeah, I still really, I'd give this like a seven out of 10. Like, I don't know if this is going to be something that you're going to stick around and watch time and time again. Like I kind of don't need to see this again anytime soon. And I think that was 
also something that was like a little bit of a big takeaway for me. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably go seven, five, or eight. Um, I similarly maybe won't watch this movie. Not because it wasn't, but like I got what I needed out of it. If I were to watch it again, it would only be like with someone that hadn't seen it to like see their reaction. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't think we'll be revisiting this. Yeah. I did see it at Landmark, and I did get to see the comfy seats. So that was that that was a good highlight, at least for me. I was uh, I was having a good time watching it, at least. So, um, okay, what else do we have for a review? Beavis and Butthead do the universe now on Paramount Plus. It's more Beavis and Butthead. Uh, plays out pretty much like a larger scale episode of the show which i think is one of the biggest compliments you can give this movie is that it doesn't feel like the this thing that is totally weird and off from what beavis and butthead did like this easily is just an episode of the show but just dragged out um but essentially beavis and butthead they uh managed to go to space i won't spoil why or how but they go to space and uh yeah, I guess in stuff like multiverse and different versions of the of Beavis and Butthead. Uh, meanwhile, along the way, there's a lot of dick jokes and fart jokes, and yeah, it's a it's a good time. I I enjoyed this quite a bit. I it is obviously Beavis and Butthead. It's very stupid, but I think they knew exactly what they were doing, and they kind of parodied a lot of. Um, like sci-fi movies and stuff that like obviously you know it's kind of in line with that kind of genre of movie that they were spoofing in this um yeah and i thought it was quite good i you know it's simple but it's it's dumb but it's simple like it really does just do what it does very well so yeah i give us a nine out of ten i i enjoyed this quite a bit um yeah that's on paramount plus so you can check it out now. And then finally, we've got the terminal list, which is coming to uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, starring Chris Pratt. Anton Fuqua is working on it. So if you've, um, you know, liked any of Anton Fuqua's work, this is kind of a nice continuation of that. I I did really enjoy this. It uh, essentially is a story of Chris Pratt's character. Uh, he uh, he has like a, a a unit of of soldiers, and something happens to them. I won't spoil what, and then something else happens, and uh, like basically just kind of like throws his character through the ringer. There's a lot of like stuff that happens to him, and, and uh, he seeks revenge. And in some ways it's very simple, but in some ways it worked really effectively. Uh, I did find that uh, this is probably like one of Chris Pratt's better roles. Um, I think he gets to be a little snarky sometimes, but in this, like, he was really dead serious. And I'm like, this is Chris Pratt, like, I've never seen him before. And I think part of me was a little bit like, huh, I've never seen Chris Pratt acting like this before. Aside from maybe, like, Moneyball and a few other performances, but mostly... It's the Chris Pratt aesthetic that he knows people like to see where he's snarky and he's Chris Pratt and whatever else. But, like, yeah, this felt different. This felt refreshing. I was a little surprised to see him acting the way he was. So, um, 
yeah, story's solid. Performances are all solid. Uh, I would give this a, an 8 out of 10. I think my only big complaint is that uh, some of the story stuff's a little predictable, but that's about it. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to recap Obi-Wan Kenobi finale and then The Boys Episode 6 and talk about our movie club, A Goofy Movie. Back in a bit. Hey, Spark, have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of What streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creating so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? Alright, we're back. Let's talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's over. We can all <laughs> sigh. So. Um, yeah. Adam, what did you think of the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale? Well, it was, um, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was exciting. We had the, uh, I mean, it was pretty much all just a big Darth Vader fight. Um, and then I guess you have Reva for some reason trying to kill Luke and then deciding not to. Okay, question um, for you. Did you feel like maybe they could have, tied those stories in a bit, a bit more they definitely could have tied them together a bit more i i actually don't even know how reva's alive like she got stabbed through the chest with a lightsaber uh and then i don't know she's just fine now but yeah i don't really even understand why she wanted to hurt luke at all uh like like she's it's I don't understand. Like, she's trying to kill the guy who killed her and all her friends as a kid, basically. Yeah. But then she wants to go kill younglings, too. Like, I, I don't get that. Um, yeah, that didn't quite I don't make know. sense. Like, I just didn't understand the motivation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like the Obi-Wan-Darth Vader fight. Uh, it was some really cool action. Um yeah, you have you have them lifting rocks like Jedi do, I guess. Like, 
Because after The Last Jedi, like, lifting rocks is kind of what every Jedi has to do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing rocks at each other. And, um, yeah, there. Uh, the other thing that didn't really make sense, too, is, like, I don't know why Obi-Wan didn't kill Vader. And, I mean, it makes sense yeah. because it's like, well, you have to have Vader alive, like, in... You know, in in the in the other movies, um, but all, at that point, he's you know he's kind of like my friend Anakin is like gone. Yeah. And Anakin's like you know I was the one who killed Anakin, like not you, like you know, and and so he has even more reason just to be like, okay, well, fuck this guy, like he's not my friend anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know why he just let him live. It's like okay. <laughs> also, like considering that he's been seeing that this guy's like killed a ton of Jedi. Like, yeah, and like know. torturing like civilians and the towns he's going through and stuff and yeah, but to like, me it seemed like a plot convenience because obviously yeah you need to have him alive, so yeah but it, it didn't quite add up in the context of what was going on in the story because you, you would think at that point he would just yeah crush him with a rock or something um, yeah I thought maybe there could have been more of a stalemate between them yeah um, or maybe. Or maybe, yeah. like Mustafar, he assumes that he's dead. He just drops a rock on him. He's like, okay, he's done. And then he's not, right? Like, I was thinking yeah. it's going to be like something like that. But just, yeah, how they handled that was a little iffy. But that fight at the end was phenomenal. It was probably like one of the better fight scenes in any Star Wars project. So Yeah. I think that's the best lightsaber fight I've seen Disney do. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and seeing actually seeing Hayden Christensen kind of act as Darth Vader too, like where he gets the part of his helmet come off, like I thought that was good because I was wondering if we were actually going to even see Hayden Christensen like as Darth Vader, because um, it wasn't really his voice, right? They're using like the James Earl Jones voice, but then they there he actually got to kind of act as the character a bit, and they're they kind of mix the voices a bit too, which was kind of cool. Um, so I like I like seeing that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then, then we have, yeah, Obi-Wan finally meets Luke. He says hello there, kind of awkwardly. Yeah, and then everyone's like, oh, he said the thing. Oh, you go, like, oh, yeah, he said the thing. He said the one time in, in the one movie and, and in the one time in the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just his thing now. And, and then he, I get, he gives him the toy that Luke's playing with in A New Hope. It's kind of a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, which and then yeah, then we just randomly see Qui Gon. Yeah, and it, okay, I was so fucking mad about that when I watched because it looks so bad, and it's mainly because um, who's the actor that plays Qui Gon Jinn? Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah, he looked like he was like he looked like he had dementia. He looked like he was so confused of where he was. He's like, oh, 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 oh. oh man. And I'm no, like, I I liked it. I mean, maybe I, I have a bit of a softie, though. Like, I love Qui-Gon Jinn, and I love Liam Neeson. Like, I was, I was waiting for him. I was surprised I, he didn't ask where Old Country Buffet was or something. Like, he just seemed so out of it. Like, He did that, look a little old, yeah. And it's it's kind of like, do, do they continue aging as Force Ghosts? Like, how does that work? And, yeah. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of a, kind of a nice little interaction where... I don't know, he's kind of like, I was always here, you just didn't have the eyes to see or whatever. He's kind of like an old wise man, you know. 
but it, I don't know. I <laughs> like. I wonder if they do a season two. It's it's gonna be like the adventures of like uh, Obi Wan and Force Ghost Qui Gon Jinn. I guess yeah. We're gonna see more of him. I do feel like there is potential for a sequel, like oh, so season two. Uh, yeah. I think the main thing for that is like. <clears throat> A lot of people have mentioned Darth Maul. They could do that, which, sure. Yeah, I would love that. And especially with Force Ghost Qui-Gon, and you have Obi-Wan, like, avenge his death by, like, fighting Darth Maul or whatever. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, um, that's that would be interesting, I guess. I, I would still need to kind of see what that would look like, but also two Rebels covered that already, but... I think the show has yeah. shown that they will definitely recover stuff that was on Rebels because they don't care. Because there was that Ahsoka, there was an Ahsoka Tano fight in um, in Rebels between yeah Ahsoka and Darth Vader, and it ends very similarly with like Vader's helmet being cut open and you just you see like the menacing face behind the mask. And mm-hmm. uh, I was a little peeved that they repeated that. I'm like, really. Like, I get it. That was a cool fight. That's a cool visual. But, like, they could have done something different. Um, like, I thought it would have been really cool if Vader took off his helmet to, like, taunt Obi-Wan. Like, just takes it off. Like, this is what you made me. Or something. But they didn't really go that route. But Yeah. I guess because he was kind of like, you know, I, I made... He's not really even blaming Obi-Wan. He's kind of like, this is my own decision. Like, to be this person. Yeah. But... Yeah, and I don't know how much he really needs the mask to survive either. It seems like as soon as it's cut open, he like he can't breathe or whatever. He's kind of like struggling. Yeah, that's what they painted it as for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Rebels, but I, I know they've been taking a lot from it, like with the the Inquisitor guy too, and different things. So yeah, they, they could just rehash some of the plot points that were there and kind of repurpose them. Well, I guess there's that, too. They do have the Inquisitor from the Season 2, so I don't know if he's going to play into a Season 2, but you'll see. Oh, the other thing, too, was, like, when they're chasing all like Obi-Wan on the ship, and Darth Vader's like, no, we need to follow, like, Obi-Wan. But then he's like, I'll take my personal ship. I'm like, couldn't the Death Star ship, like, couldn't that... Or not Death Star, uh, Death Star. Dest- Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Forgot that name. But couldn't that have just continued following, like all the rebels and the civilians, while Darth Vader goes to chase Obi Wan? Yeah, could have. Like why? They're just like, okay, I guess we're just gonna float here in space and. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I was kind of like, you couldn't all these people have been caught. It would have made sense, but yeah. They have to get away, I guess, because cause there has to be some happy ending. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that was a little. I was kind of like, uh. <laughs> yeah, you know. What do you think of for a score for this episode in the season? You know this. Yeah, the episode. I think I gave the last one. I don't know if I get I think an eight and a half or a nine. This would also be... I think these last two episodes were the best episodes of the series. 
maybe last last episode might have been slightly better. So I I give, I'll give this an eight and a half. And I think the series of eight on a whole, but I really think that the enjoyment of the show, a, a lot of it depends on your kind of nostalgia for like the prequel uh, movies. Like I, I think if you didn't like the prequels or you haven't even seen them, like the show is probably going to be more of like a like a six out of ten for you. Mm-hmm. Cause there there are some kind of plot hole kind of things or kind of conveniences that happen, but. Uh, really, like a lot of the enjoyment was like you know just seeing Qui Gon Jinn pop up or seeing Vader fight Obi Wan like that, like just these kind of stuff. As a fan, I thought I probably was never going to see, and then now it's happening, and it's kind of like wow. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So as a as a Star Wars fan who grew up with the prequels, I, I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd give both. The, well, I'd give this episode a nine, and then I'd give this season, like, an eight and a half. Like, it was good. I think what really works in this favor of the show is that it is a show that largely felt like it, it existed in and of itself. Um, like, it didn't feel like Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett or all these other stupid shows where they all have to tie into each other. It was nice that we just had this show that had this very condensed story into exactly the kind of story they wanted to tell. I thought it got a little awkward there at the end when they were like, oh yeah, we forgot about Luke, but you know, like that was whatever. But Mm -hmm. because they introduced Luke at the beginning of the season, then they like largely focus on Leia for most of it. And then at the end, they're like, oh yeah, shit, Luke too. Uh, (laughs) So yeah. that was that was the only real big hiccup for me. Yeah, there was some uh, plot points or plot holes and stuff, but I I tried to ignore those. I try to at least. I know it's not easy, but I try to. Yeah, I I just mean it. It'll probably be easier for like Star Wars fans to overlook that stuff and just enjoy it. But for yeah. people that like, aren't, those are probably going to be more like glaring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the boys. Episode six as well. Um, yeah. Continuing our, our recap of the boys. Uh, and we got the big hero gasm episode, which I've been hyped up for a while. I think even when they announced the season, the Eric Kirkie was like sending a script of this episode being like hero gasm. It's finally happening. And as someone who didn't really read the comics, I was like, uh, I don't know what Herogasm is, but whatever. Now I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> did you guys, like, did any of you know what to expect from this episode or no? Uh, not really. I, I, just, I knew it's a big like orgy that a bunch of superheroes have, but... I, I was actually expecting it to be like more raunchy and like more, like a lot more sexuality than there than there was really. I, I actually I thought it was pretty tame for how they were hyping it. I gotta agree. Uh, it kind of felt like for something that they were hyping up as like, oh, this is the most debaucherous thing you've seen on TV. I'm like, eh, is it? I've seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like I don't know. They seem to make it seem like it was like, yeah, a lot more controversial than it was. But I didn't really. Mm. 
agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Katie, what did you think of this episode? Um, it was okay. I have no thoughts on the show anymore. I'm just waiting for the new one to drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. I thought I thought there were some good payoffs um, later in the in the episode, like uh, you had, like stuff that was kind of outside of the hero gasm stuff. But like you have A Train and the um, I I forget the guy's name, the guy who uh, killed his or or hurt injured his brother, um, mm-hmm. the other superhero. Uh, forget his name, but anyway, you know he kind of grabs him by the ankle and finally. Mm-hmm. That's his revenge there. Um, and then seeing, like, the big, like, fight between Homelander and Soldier Boy and Butcher, that was, like, that was pretty hype for me. I was like, damn. Like, those last 20 minutes, I was like, wow. Like, just kind of really testing the power levels of each character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's like, wow, Homelander's actually getting hurt here. Yeah. He was getting his ass kicked, which is great to see. Yeah. He was kind of scared. He, you know, he he flew away there. Um, scared of Soldier Boy. Yeah, I did like the end of this episode and the fact that, like, yeah, you did see what happens when they start to coordinate. They can actually take the fight to uh, Homelander. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Soldier Boy's got his issues. So does um, Butcher and them, but like. It was interesting to actually see what happened when they worked together. Um, but also, too, like, I don't know. This, <laughs> I, I was a little... I uh, When Love Sausage shows up again, I was like, oh, there we go. The guy from last season. And then they had the good payoff at the end with, their, with the whole place having been blown up by Soldier Boy. And then you have um, Love Sausage with his burnt giant penis just oh, running God. around. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so, nice little callback for a gross and disgusting show. So imagine being like the animator who had to like do the CGI work on that. Yeah. <laughs> like... And the, the one thing I will say about this episode that worked in its favor is like there was a ton of um, just awkwardness with the characters. Like, obviously, um, the big thing is Huey with his teleportation. Like, he teleports without his clothes. So when he's in there and teleports in, he's got no clothes, but it kind of made sense because they were all having an orgy. But I liked how he was so insecure. He's like covering himself up. He's like, no, no, not like this. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'm not participating. Uh, I'm yeah. just standing here naked. <laughs> and I guess Blue Hawk, RIP, not long for this world, I guess. Blue Hawk, yeah, that was his name. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. I guess it makes sense that he would die. Um, but, like, it was just, like, how A-Train killed him was pretty brutal. Like, dragging him all that way. Oof. That was yeah. Cool. But I also did like that they didn't have a, without any consequence for A-Train because he had that heart attack afterwards, so. Yes, Dude. he has the heart attack. And um, I know I, I've seen the next few episodes, but I, I won't spoil it, but. Um, there's something interesting that kind of outcome from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't like. I don't think A Train's gonna die there because uh, I, I don't think that that's too boring of a send off for a, a main-ish character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do kind of. Uh, but it, it obviously is gonna make a big difference. hundred percent. I, yeah. I do like because it, it kind of showed you. Speaking of talking about powers, it kind of showed you like what his limits are. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mean, it's hard to, of course. I mean, it seemed like he ran for like four or five seconds, and, and that was enough to um, almost kill him. So yeah. it's like now you now you know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I liked the fight also. That was like, and it um, made sense. The decisions made sense, and we knew how. Yeah. So they gave us about as much as they could in the realm of plot protection. Yeah, and I, I think it makes sense, too, that, like, if someone goes super fast like that, it makes sense that their heart would go through quite a bit. So I did like that, too, that they are like, yeah, like, he can run fast, but this is the toll it takes on him. And it made sense, too, uh, considering what he does. Um, yeah, and I guess Black Noir starts to feel a little bit of the pressure. When he finds out that uh, Soldier Boy is alive, because when he finds out, he just removes his chip and just fucking bolts out of town. He's just like, nope, I ain't having any of this. So be interesting to see what they do with that and how they explore that. But yeah, I did like that Black Noir character who largely doesn't seem to be doing much. He's just very quiet and in the background, but he seems something seems to have triggered him with that. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But that was... That was interesting, considering the character largely just doesn't do much. So I was kind of like, "Oh shit, Black Noir is here. They're actually giving up something to do." Interesting. There's some very unexpected things with Black Noir coming. Yeah. That I was like, "What even is this show?" Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and then we got Termite again. He showed up again in this episode, only to. <laughs> he wasn't long for this world, but he was. He was back. Good old Termite. Could call back to the beginning of the show, and then, um, yeah, I guess Starlight. She just, she just has enough. She's like, I'm after seeing everything in Herogasm. She's just like, I'm done. Like, she, she does this big, the big Instagram live, which I'm like, okay, cool. It seems like it. Like, I don't know if they're sponsored by Instagram, but like having their having her go live like that, I was like, seems like. it almost seemed like some weird sponsorship thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but it kind of felt a little forced to me that she was like, let's go on Instagram live and like expose the soup. So I'm like, eh, really? I mean, I guess she ha- probably has like millions of followers that she can just reach instantly. But yeah, it's also, it's kind of weird that like, would, would like a whistleblower use like Instagram to like, you know, blow the whistle on whatever? Or you'd think they would use more like a, like a like a credible press outlet or something. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. Any other thoughts on this before we close this out? I, I think it's this is the best episode so far this season. Nice. No. I think the the season started off pretty good, and it's progressively like it hasn't gotten worse for me it does keep getting slightly better with each episode 
I'm not gonna say like each episode monumentally makes it better, but like just every little episode seems to just be upping the ante in ways that are that uh, make sense and it works for the characters and everything that they're doing. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. What are we thinking for scores for this episode? Eight. Eight. Mostly for the mostly for the fight, but also for Adrian getting his revenge. Yes. What about you, Adam? I mean, I'm. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm even like tempted to go ten, but it's not perfect. Like, I I do think it, they hyped up the hero the herogasm stuff too much. Um, I thought it was a crazy episode, though. I I'm I'm gonna give it like nine nine and a half. I think this wow. is really good. Yeah. High praise. Okay. What about you, Katie? What do you think at first score? Um, I think. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight seems right. I don't know. I This is a good episode, but I've also seen what's coming next. And in my mind, knowing what's coming next, I feel like there's better episodes than this. But, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, let's talk about our movie club this week. A goofy movie. That, that old 90s classic. Uh, it's a very short movie. I don't remember it being this short, but it was like an hour and 20 minutes. I'm like, wow, this movie just flies. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've got Goofy and his son, Max, and he tells a lie to this girl because he wants to, he wants to, he wants to, get, let's be honest, he wants to get to like third base with this chick. I mean, he's a teenage boy, so he's got goals. And uh, he lies and says that he's going to this, power line i think is the name of the artist concert and uh she's like oh my gosh no way but then he actually has to do it and puts him in a little bit of uh conflict with goofy because goofy thinks his son could do no wrong and later finds out maybe he can do wrong but it ends up working out in the end because it's a disney movie what did everyone think of a goofy movie Really brought back a lot of memories. Okay, now no it's gonna talk. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it this time. I've, I've seen the movie like ten times, uh, so I'm like, now I feel like that it's through a child's eyes or child slash teenager. Um, movie still holds up. Again, it's not so that before 2005, but. Um, yeah. The music, the cheese. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the sh shockingly kind of aggressive, not aggressive, uh, emotional um, Max dad fight when they uh, uh, they're on their adventure. Um, it hits different when you're older. Uh, yeah, I mean it. It hits all. The, it, it does. I'm sure adults watched that movie and actually liked it too. When their kids made them see it in the nineties, mm. yeah, I could see that. Um, Not all of them, but some. I would say. It, like it, it's, uh, I think it's a very honest tale of like what it's like 
father and son because it's like yeah you know the father's like ah this this thing we d- did in the past will work and this the you know max is clearly not really focusing too much on the past he's more like hey i gotta get to third base with this chick i gotta i gotta go to power line which even that was like ridiculous because he's like <laughs> bless me he's like oh i got I'm going to go to this concert and uh, somehow get on stage. And I'm like, couldn't you have just been like, I'm going to the concert. Why did he have to like make it more elaborate for himself that he has to get on stage? That seems unnecessary, but yeah. Katie, what'd you think of a goofy movie? I'm so sorry. I did not watch it. (gasps) Goofy died a little bit inside. I'm incredibly sorry. It's okay. We'll live. Um, yeah. Um, and of course, you got the big uh, song and number at the end, which I think is like what most people remember about this movie because it's a banger of a song. And it still is. Like, watching this movie again, I'm like, the song holds up. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was grooving to that music. So it it is it is kind of funny that they just like I was thinking watching it like they just let like uh, Max and Goofy on stage, you know, the concert. And I'm like, man, if, if some random people just jumped up on stage at a concert now, like like that would not be okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're on TV and everything. Yeah. That was. But it's a goofy movie. It's it's a very goofy movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I just need to know what 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 happened with Max and this chick because the movie definitely glosses over it. But I'm like, clearly he would not be doing this if it if it just for a kiss. Like, let's be real. He's a teenage boy. He's he's got needs and whatever. Uh, I guess they. they... They agreed to meet the next day or whatever to go on a date. So, I guess their relationship's starting. Or yeah, well, I'm kind of like, does she does she only like him because she thinks like he's famous? I think so. <laughs> like, not really the best message, but mm, probably like, not. I, I mean, at least he he kind of accepts his dad at the end. He's not embarrassed by him anymore. Yeah, he's like. Roxanne or whatever her name is, this is my dad, and he's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so great, great ending to uh, to a great movie. Um, cool. What's everyone thinking for a score for the Goofy movie? Seven, six and a half. Okay. Probably around a seven too. I think there there's parts that are very dated, but um, it is surprisingly emotional at parts too. And oh yeah. Capture like, like what it's like to be a kid, kind of frustrated mm-hmm. with your parents, and but also like what it's like to be a parent to try to like connect with your kid and like, you know, try to be fun and cool and yeah. Surprisingly, yeah, they kind of hit me in the feels a few times. But... Yeah, who'd have thought a goofy movie was? Emotionally <laughs> resident. Um, and, and also some surprisingly detailed, like, 2D animation for this movie. Like, 
yeah. the animation is like really well done like much more than you would think they would need to for like i think this was like just a straight to video kind of movie like I, I don't know if it was in theaters or not back in the day i do remember seeing it in theaters but oh, okay. i don't think it had a huge theatrical run i don't know if it was as successful on uh in the theaters than it should have been or could have been but yeah mm-hmm. cool what's everyone think for a score oh i get i give seven okay what about you spark seven seven and a half uh i'll give it like an eight yeah it is very good it's and it still holds up um yeah so go check out a goofy movie Exclu- streaming exclusively on disney plus because that's the only home for a goofy movie um cool well i think it's spark's turn for movie club next spark you got any ideas for did we do the man from toronto that just came out we have not so we could do that the man from toronto Kevin Hart, Woody Nelson, let's go, baby. A man from Toronto. Yeah, I don't know if I... Oh, wow, that literally came out on Friday. Okay, yeah, let's do it up. Okay, well, that's our movie club. And that's on Netflix, so there we go. Very excited to check it out. All right, we'll see you all next week. Bye for now.